Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude Goose, as always. Who else would it be? And we are here after another Chicago Bulls loss. Shocker. I, well, I don't know what one that is in a row. I, I believe it's five in a row that the Bulls have dropped. But we lost 118 to 111 to the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly. Little house cleaning. Be sure going to ontapsportsnet.com for all our Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap, at ontap sportsnet, following my dude Goose at Bull Scripted, and following me at Buzz on Tap. Want to thank everybody really quick for our last episode, which was the best listened episode that we have had since we've had Bulls on Tap. So thank you all for listening to that. And we're going to get into a little bit of breakdown of this game, even though it sucked ass. Goose! How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. You know, kind of getting to the point where I'm accepting losses instead of getting upset about them because we've reached that point of the season. Um, and tonight's wasn't like a painful loss. There was some chances of hope, some some flashes of something, some provided by Luke Cornett, which is kind of interesting. Career highs. Woo! What if I would have told you before the game that Zach Levine and one other player combined for 57 points, and I told you that other player was Luke Cornett, what would you have said? I would have told you to GTFO. (laughs) Okay? That's what I would have told you, Buzz. Yeah, you know... You know, I, I want to put a plug out to, uh, you know, they don't even need a plug, obviously, you know, because they're way more well-known than we Love probably you, are. But NBC Bulls put out today, over under 35 for Joel Embiid points and rebounds. I took the over, and I said because he had Lukey Cornett on him and, and you know, Big Chris. Dookie Lukey. Yeah, Dookie Nukey. Joel Embiid comes out 28-12 and 12 tonight, so obviously uh, that didn't work out really well for the Bulls. Um, but they did keep Al Horford to no points and seven rebounds. How do you – I just want to get into that real quick. Did you watch a lot of Al Horford's game tonight? I mean, what the hell? Is, is it the age finally catching up to this guy? I mean, I've been reading a lot that he's been struggling to find a role in Philly, which is weird because – no team that Horford's ever been on has missed the playoffs. Uh, obviously, the Sixers aren't going to miss the playoffs in the East. But, you know, it, it's kind of baffling. Like, he's just suddenly fallen off a cliff. He went from being this do-it-all, four or five, five-and-out, coach's dream kind of player, and now he's Jared Dudley. And I don't know what to about it. No, oh, you said Jared Dudley. Hey, Jared, the, Jared Dudley does what he can and what he's supposed to. And I, that's, I, I guess, you. the stage of the career that Horford's at. And I, that's I, what I, it is. Maybe I, he comes alive in the playoffs. Maybe playoff Horford is the thing. Maybe, yeah. The Jared Dudley comparison is just fucking hysterical. Um, all right, so let's get into our Bulls here. Let's get into our Bulls. Um, unfortunate night. Bulls and kind of remind me of that one dude in space jam who's who's that the the bald guy with the headband george costanza no 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 i can't think of his name he's one of the the fat guy 
I don't. I can't think of his name. Let's move on. I've been drinking, so I can't think of anybody's name. I actually have a Space Jam poster right next to me right now with Michael, Lola, Bugs, and you know, company. Anyway, um, yeah, let's get into the Bulls tonight. So, someone I was really upset by, Chandler Hutchinson. He did not have a great night tonight, uh, offensively. Thirty-one minutes, two for nine, five point seven boards. Four assists. Uh, Zach was did Zach things. 11 for 21, 32 points. Eight assists for Zach tonight. Only one board. And he was 5 for 10 from the field. Um, he had nine turnovers, though, bro. Nine. That's, I'm sorry, that's inexcusable. He needs to get that shit together. I understand his neck hurts, but nine turnovers in a game is unexcusable. 100%. Um, Lukey Cornett, 25 points. He ends up following out tonight after 29 minutes. Four for eight from downtown for Cornette. Everybody else was just pretty pretty bad. I mean, no one finished in the plus uh, besides Sadoransky and uh, Lou Cornette and Thad Young tonight. Um, Thad had 10 and 10. Uh, he went 5, 11, five for 11 from the field. No, everything else was pretty bad. But there's one thing that I do want to bring up about this. Shaq Harrison got minutes tonight. And, uh, I think it's fair to say, bud, that we know who Shaq Harrison is. And at the point that we're at right now, I think Adam Akoka should be maybe getting a little bit more minutes than he's been getting. And not in Justin Garvin. I'm not going to go crazy fucking Seville Bulls fan. And shout out, like he's a good guy. Like He's a little extreme, but he believes in what he believes in. You know, There's a lot of people like that on Twitter. Um, Elmer Fudd, that's his name. Jared Dudley and Horford remind me of Elmer Fudd. You, you could I thought you were talking about one of the living human breathing people. Oh, You're talking well, about fucking Elmer Fudd. Yeah, man, Elmer Fudd. My God. Elmer Fudd with a headband on. This fucking guy. Elmer, okay. <laughs> oh, that wascally wabbit. Anyway, all right, so what did you think about Makoka not getting any minutes? And also Gafford was... Available for tonight's game, but he got a DMP. That's probably because he's still struggling. He's still hurt. But do you think Makoka should be getting minutes right now, man? I mean, we got to see what we have in the kid, right? I don't know why Archie plays over everybody that he plays over. I'd play Shaq over Archie. Um. So, yeah, I mean. Well, Archie's a better shooter than Shaq. Yeah, He's not but saying Shaq's much. a better defender. I, I agree. He's more athletic. He can get to the rim. He Shaq's, can do more. Shaq's, Shaq's jumpers actually look somewhat decent from three-point this year. I don't know what he's shooting, but I know it at least looks slightly improved. But, um, no, there's no reason why you're not giving Makoka a better look. Um, same reason why I'm not sure why Kobe isn't the starting point guard yet. and He's been struggling lately in... That's a move that maybe boosts his confidence back up to where it needs to be because right now he's he's not looking so hot. No, he, so, he is looking bad. You're absolutely right, man. He was 30% from the field tonight, 0 for 4 from downtown, 6 points, 6 boards, 3 assists. Kobe did not look good. He had 2 turnovers as well. Um, you know, it, it it's a good point you bring up. Where we're at right now, why are you – why are you not playing your first round draft pick more minutes? Why why is he why is he taking a back seat to Tomas Sadoransky? What are you playing well, for? is not like some, you know, pompous asshole that's not going to understand what's going on. Like 
he knows he was brought in to, to be a bench piece to, to ideally be the backup to the seventh overall pick that they just selected in the future that you know he was probably going to start this season he was being brought in for a competitive reason but he was also just good enough to be competition but just bad enough to where yeah you're probably going to get overtaken at some point so at this point of the season there should be no problem with him taking the bench role Right, and I and I fully agree with you on that. So, like, where we're at right now, we could sit here, we could bitch, we could moan, and there's other things that I want to get into in this podcast as well. I already did one Sunday fun day today for the White Sox. You can check that out on Sox on Tap, but I know this isn't technically a Sunday fun day because we had a game tonight, but there's a lot of things I want to bring up to you, but this is one that I did want to really bring up to you tonight. Why? What is the benefit, Goose, of not giving Kobe the starting job at this point? Listen, you can have your gripes against the way that he plays. That's fine. But with the seventh pick in the draft and a potential point guard of the future, somebody that you at least want to be in that role, why is he not playing more? Why is he taking a backseat to anybody? The Bulls are 19 and 35. They're 19 and 35. That's not good. Even if you somehow got into an eighth seed in the playoffs at 19 and 35, do you really feel better? Or do you want to just be like, fuck it, let's see what we have, and let's see what we can really develop? I'm going to let you take the floor after that. It's just a, a, a couple questions that I wanted to pose out there. I want to throw out there, because where we're at right now, it makes no sense to keep him on the bench like we have been. No, there's absolutely no reason, because you're going into a point guard-heavy draft with a lottery pick. You need to know how Kobe and Zach Levine fit together. You need to know how Kobe can perform as a starter in the NBA. And obviously, what you see this season is only going to be a glimpse of what he can be. He's still a 19-year-old kid, so you have to make the move with low expectations. You don't think he's going to be Damian Lillard overnight, but you have to give him the keys at this point of the season. We're not playing for a playoff spot at this point. The only way you're going to turn this shitty season into a positive is to get some major development from Kobe White or, God forbid, Lowry Markkinen comes back and we use him in a functioning offense. You know, like, those are the things that Bulls fans have to look forward to at this point is individual development and development as a team and the plan for the future is kobe white and zach levine or at least i think that's why you drafted kobe white right so I, yeah i'm with you, you on need that. to play them together now you need to get the most minutes you can get with both of them on the court starting a ball game i mean and it's just so insane to me because if you go through the draft right and i'm just i'm just going i i'm thinking in my head i love watching college basketball i'm just trying to think in my head here of of point guards that are probably going to be going quick lamella ball is one of them right you have that kid from iowa state what the hell is his name tyrese howell burton or some or something tyrese, tyrese howell yeah he, he that kid from iowa state he's going to go in the top probably 6 or 7 you got cole anthony you have you, you know you have these point guards that are going to be going in the draft here you keep on the path that you're going right now. You're not going to understand what Kobe is, and I really, really don't hope they make a bad decision where they, you know, they give up on him before they even know what he what he is. 
So, I mean, it, it's just a huge, huge issue. And the fact, again, I mean, we can talk about a million things. Like, the Bulls hung in this game against the playoff team tonight. Fine and dandy. We're just, we're breaking down more shit because... Ooh, pats on the back for losing basketball games. Right. I mean, that's basically all we have to do right now. Ben Simmons drops a triple-double. Joel Embiid puts it, you know, shits in our mouth. And, and, and here we are. So we have to talk about things that are, you know, that are in the future that could possibly help this squad. And what the Bulls are doing right now is obviously not going to help. The player development's trashed. You know, the, the training staff, I'm sorry, is trash. Everybody's hurt every single year. There's nothing good about this. Um, you know, I want to get into one thing, too, before we move on to the next game that we always do preview, is the reports that were coming out from David Kaplan, and not, o- you know, not only Kaplan, a, a guy that I think is a well-respected guy, and, you know, a guy I've talked to a lot and has helped me since I've been writing about the Bulls and podcasting about the Bulls is Mike McGraw from the Daily Herald here in Chicago. They're talking about major changes coming to the front office. One of these changes is packs moving up. Kind of like Kenny Williams did for the White Sox and putting someone else in full charge of, um, you know, the general manager responsibilities. Um, what do you mean? Packs moving up like shareholder or what? Packs moving up into a, again, it's kind of like a Kenny Williams role and into a, Hmm, how do I put this without like making it sound stupid? Moving like Jerry into, West, like, like a, a no, like advice? a Doug Collins rule, like an advice. Yeah, yeah. So like you just said, like Pax moving into something like that. So of course Jerry can make you know take care of him, keep him on the payroll, but putting someone else into the day to day basketball operations portion of this job. <sighs> um, those are reports coming out right now. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't solve anything. You see, I say the same thing. And this is a lot of people disagreed with me on Twitter because they again, they wanted to use the the Kenny Williams thing. And I know you're I know you like baseball. I know you're not like, you know, super into the shit, but Kenny Williams kind of did the same thing about 3-4 years ago, right? He was the general manager of the Chicago White Sox, which is a Jerry Reinsdorf owned team. You and I both know this. They're both my favorite teams. Um Kenny went into that role as in like an advisor, as like a team president kind of guy, and him and Rick Hahn worked closely together, and then Rick sold him on a full-fledged rebuild, right? And then now the Sox are threatening to be a young, up-and-coming, badass team. Um, that is kind of what I'm understanding that this role might be for Paxson. But the problem right. with that is, for me, is I think that John Paxson has control issues. Um, i.e. him choking out Vinny Del Negro, you know. Um, Pax has got control issues, which in his position you're supposed to have control issues. And I think he's completely underqualified for what he does now. Um, I'd rather say hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. My biggest concern with that is is what reputable person is is going to come into that job and want John Paxson as their advisor. I think you dwindle the list of your candidates that will even take that job if they know that they're going to have John Paxson and they're going, hey, no, yeah, I wouldn't do that. we got to do this instead. Exactly, and that's my point. Kenny Williams might have made mad, bad decisions for the White Sox here and there, um, but he was never like that big asshole that like would keep people away, right? Paxson, I mean, it's well known around the league. Paxson is not liked. And it, 
I don't know what it is. I don't know what he did personally, but I mean, he must be hard to do business with. He probably overvalues players more than he should. Um, but where we're at right now, if he stays in any sort of role in any capacity with this team, I'm 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 riding the, I'm riding in the car with you, dude. Who's gonna want to come do it? Because if I knew he was gonna be overseeing me and breathing down my neck and then rat me out to Jerry over things that he didn't like, I wouldn't want to work there. You know, um, I think it's a real big issue here. I think that again, it was just something that I wanted to bring up because I do think that there's a plethora of young talent on this squad. Um, that is it very intriguing, whether it be Kobe White, whether it be Chandler Hutchinson. No, La- you, put Lowry right hands. you put this core in the right hands with another lottery pick that actually knows because that's the one thing you can't take away from Garn Packs is they have made safe at times, but very Effective. good selections where they have been slotted. They haven't got the lottery luck that they needed to get a franchise-changing talent uh, to this point. Maybe that happens this offseason. Hopefully it doesn't save their job. But what they have put together in trading Jimmy Butler, they have done a good job. Their cap situation is set up for 2021. Zach Levine's contract is the only guaranteed contract. Uh, Sato and Thad both have partially guaranteed contracts. And the rest of the contracts on the books are either rookie contracts or rookie options. So they have set themselves up for 2021. This situation is not something that would be undesirable for a brilliant mind. I saw you, Jerry. Um, <laughs> and that'll never happen, what I just said. But, you know, you you haven't put a bad situation out there for prospects to come in and take that job. But John Paxson being big brother would be a problem. Right, and I just think it's a huge issue because, like you just said, you see the potential here. I do, too, and I've been watching basketball for a long time, just like you. And you and I came together before the season started, and we were excited because we see the potential there. But when it comes down to it, I think, again, where I kind of agree with you, who's going to want to work under Big Brother who just totally goes after every move you make? And I think that's a real true issue. Um, You know... I don't know, man. It, it, it's weird. It's, it's a weird topic to talk about because there's no one that, without research, you and I could start mentioning for that kind of role. Um, well, no, and I won't pretend to know that kind of stuff right. outside of and I'm not, Masai. Right, like, I know I'm not Masai's either. a genius. Right. Um, I know Daryl Morey's, yeah, I don't personally, not a Morey fan, but, um, you know, those are like the big names. Danny Ainge, yeah, he got lucky with a whole bunch of draft picks. Um, so there's not really a lot of people that I'm going to pretend to know are brilliant at this job because Jerry West isn't coming here. Um, you know, it just sucks because of the young plethora of talent that the Bulls do have, it's going to take someone to help bring them all together. Right? No, they need a, they need a coach. They need a coach. They need to be allowed to coach them right. and they need a front office that knows how to get behind them how, and how to make that effectively happen. Exactly. And, and and it just sucks because, like, I don't know how to go about that. And like other Bulls podcasts where I could sit here and throw bullshit out and throw it at the wall and see if it sticks, I'm not going to do that. Because I don't know who they could bring in to fucking change any of this. You know, I mean, that's that's probably a reason that you and I don't work in the Bulls front office because if we had any idea, maybe we'd be getting hired by them. But we don't. Um, I just, we're, again, where we sit right now is I think the core 
is here. I think that they need to add, uh, obviously, you know, a piece or two to become really effective. But um, something needs to change. I just wanted to bring that up because that is something that's been popping off in the news, um, at least locally here in Chicago, that there is going to be some major front office changes. And I'm going to be honest with everybody right now, too, before we get off this topic and move out to the next game. I'm not, I don't think Gar Foreman is a terrible human being. I think that Gar Foreman's actually a pretty decent scout. And I do put a hundred, probably about a hundred percent of this blame on to John Paxson because Gar Foreman's a patsy. <laughs> all right. Like he was a guy when, when Paxson got all pissed off and stepped down and moved into his president of basketball operations role that they put in there while Paxson pulled the strings. They didn't, you know, Gar was never qualified for this job. He was a glorified scout. So I'll let him keep doing his scouting thing. I don't care about that. I think he's actually done pretty decent scouting, to be honest with you. But they definitely need a change within the general manager and the president, in air quotes, of basketball operations. You got anything else to add to that before we move into the next game? I think you just have to wipe it clean to get rid of this stank, personally. <laughs> I don't think you should I don't keep know either why the in that capacity. Oh, <laughs> um, it was supposed to get you, and everybody else—that's <laughs> why it got you. The fucking stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, but the only way to get that out of there is to just wipe it clean, because keep it. it there's always going to be questions, and just wipe it clean at this you. point. What's got to be done? But right. on to the next game. On to the next game. So, Tuesday, February 11th, the Bulls will be playing the Washington Wizards in Washington. Uh, it'll be the, a matchup of the all-star snubs, Goose. Bradley Beal against Zach Levine. Uh, according to ESPN's matchup predictor, Washington has a 53.2% chance to win this game. Bulls, 468 We could be seeing the return of one Denzel Valentine, Valentine, whatever, or Daniel Gafford, so hopefully we get one of those guys back. But uh, yeah, going into this game, you know Washington's eighteen and thirty-three. The Bulls are nineteen and thirty-five. They're both bottom dwellers in the East. Uh, by bottom dwellers, I mean you know they're bad teams. I don't care if they're near an eighth seed. Look at the record; they're bad. Um, honestly, we're not going to see anything that we want to see. I'd like to see Makoka get some minutes. I'd like to see something different than we usually see. And we're not going to see that. So hopefully we get to see a badass duel between Zach and Bradley Beal. So what do you think about that? Save me from Felicio. Oh, I know. No shit. Please, please play Gafford. I cannot do any more Felicio. We talked about Zach having nine turnovers tonight. A lot of that came from trying to feed pocket passes to Felicio and Cornette. So give Zach somebody real to pass the basketball to. Uh, somebody with awareness and hands in Gafford. That would be awesome. Uh, I get, like you alluded to earlier, Gafford probably didn't play tonight because he's still... A little banged up. Yeah, yeah, and this game doesn't matter. So putting him up against Embiid, which is not fun for anybody, um, give him the night off. <laughs> it's a, like, I'll, I'll pass call. on that, dog. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not, not, not a bad call there. First game back from a rolled ankle. Don't want to be getting tossed by Embiid. Understandable. Um, but please save us from Felicio against the Wizards. I do think this is a very winnable game for the Bulls, and I do think we'll end up sweeping the Wizards on the season. So 
probably a good game heading into the All-Star break. Maybe after the All-Star break, we get everybody back. Yeah, and, I mean, that's what's been rumored, too. March 1st, right? That was Paxson's goal to have everybody back by. And then that's including Otto. And, you know, he's been working out a lot lately, man. And he's been doing dances at the clubs and shit, getting some balls up during practice. So, you know, he's 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 ready. And then you should have Lowry and Wendell back by then, too. So we might have the chance within the next month here, to like 30 days, to see the Bulls starting lineup then, at the start of the season. And then we'll win just enough games to screw ourselves out of better lottery. We will have the seventh pick in the draft again. Yeah, I'm not thinking anything else heading into the draft. Um, if we get lucky at that lottery party, we can pop champagne and do a dance, even though this draft is a little suspect. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll get the dub against the Wizards. Not sure that I want the W at this point. I'm excited that everybody's going to be coming back here shortly because I do want to watch good basketball. But yeah, at the same me time, too, man. Me too. I'm in. At the same time, I'm I'm all right catching else. And, and one more thing before we uh we, I get into my little plugs and shit. What did you think about that uh? <laughs> what did you think about that timeout tonight with 10.9 seconds left that Jim took, and then you and you heard the crowd boo him. Do you do you have any opinion on that, or are we just gonna let that one go? I mean, at least tonight they were putting up a fight it? with starters. It wasn't it wasn't trash time. It was starters versus starters, and there was small chance of hope until Felicio did something dumb. I forgot exactly what he did, but he kind of killed any hope there. <laughs> um, and, and you actually you didn't see Gafford mouth anything, but Jim called the timeout, and the camera went to the Bulls bench, and Gafford was just like, are you kidding me? Um, and I felt the same way. Like, I get it. Jim's never going to say die, and... Usually that's something I'd applaud, so I have to try not to kill him too much for it. But it's a little excessive. You're down seven. Just just let it be. Yeah, I feel you on that. I, I, I definitely feel you on that. Well, if you got nothing else to add, man, I'm going to do the little house cleaning here. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap, at On Tap Sportsnet. Follow my dude Goose at Bulls Scripted. And follow me at Buzz on Tap. We'll be back Tuesday after the Bulls play the Wizards. And uh, I guess let's go Bulls.